Amen. Love you, my brother. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Turn to the book of Genesis, please. Chapter number 42. Genesis chapter number 42. I, there are some songs I like, and there are some that I love, and there are some I like and love and like and love and love and like. You'll get that in a minute. And I like that champion of love. I like it, I love it, I love it, like it, like it, love it, love it, like it, like it, love it. Because it magnifies our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Hebrew writer said that he is uh, better than the angels. Said he was better than Moses. Said he was better than the prophets. Said that uh, he was a better sacrifice. Established upon a better covenant that we may obtain a better way and, and have a better hope and that we may be partakers of a better covenant and one day have a better resurrection and one day go to a better country because he's just better, higher than the highest, greater than the greatest. I don't know if you remember this or not, but about 20-some years ago, Larry Brown, our Larry Brown, Richard Larry Brown stood here and preached on ain't nobody like him. And I tell you me, we, we run piggyback two or three times and the Lord is good. Turn to somebody, do your left and say you're beautiful tonight. You really are. Amen. Now turn back around and say I'm sorry I lied about it but God's going to forgive me. Good to have my son with me. Appreciate Brother Joseph being with us tonight. And I had some surgery. They took about a foot of my colon out. And uh, when you got 12,000 feet of it, you can spare a little bit. And uh, on the way home, I thought, man, I've been in the hospital a week. I've had surgery. And man, he's going to meet me at the door and tell me he loves me and Missed me, prayed for me, thought I was going to die. You know, something good. And man, sure enough, I came in. I got the pillow and I'm all tender. And he looks at me and he's got a little tear here. I found out later it was fake. <laughs> but he said, Dad, that's just something I need to tell you. I thought, boy, right here it is. Right here is when we bond. I mean, right here is when he comes out as a you know, a real young man. He said, Dad, I just, I just need to tell you what, something on my heart. I just need to tell you, Dad. You ain't got the guts you used to have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. But the Lord is good tonight. And I'm so glad to be back among my friends. And I really mean that. A lot of places you go, they look at you strange. Well, Genesis chapter number 41 in your Bible tonight. Chapter number 41. And uh, I want you to look tonight in verse 51 and verse number 52. Have you ever had so much to say you were going to explode? I got a seven-hour sermon before me tonight. And I promise I'll get it done in about <clears throat> a few minutes. Praise the Lord. One night, Brother Chapman was preaching, and his wife slipped him a note that said, Kiss. 
He thought, boy, oh boy, I'm going to get a kiss when I get through. So when he got through, he went to get his kiss. And she said, that didn't mean kiss. It means keep it short, sermon. Amen. Praise the Lord. Genesis 42, 51 and 52. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God, said he, saveth with me, hath made me forget my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. Say this with me. For God hath caused me to be fruitful. And to me this is powerful. In the land of mine affliction. Now, I didn't have any problem understanding that God made him to be fruitful. But when he added that part, in the land of mine affliction, I'm glad tonight our geographical location does not have anything to do with God's ability to meet our need. He made me to be blessed and multiply, fruitful in the land of mine affliction. Come to the last chapter of Genesis, the last chapter in the story of Joseph. Look what it said in Genesis chapter number 50 and verse number 24. And Joseph said to his brethren, I die and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel concerning his bones, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being a hundred and ten years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. I want to quote one verse out of Hebrews 11, the first part. In verse 26, where it says that by faith, Joseph. By faith, Joseph, just like we read in Genesis, when he came down to die, talked about Israel getting out of Egypt and about them taking his bones with them when they went to the promised land. And the Bible said that he did all of that by faith. He did that by faith because Joseph had faith in God. And with that in mind, from the life of Joseph, I want to preach tonight on this subject. I believe you've heard this word before, faith, faith, always wins. Now, not sometimes, not a few times, but every time, faith always wins. Now, I believe tonight that all of these Old Testament Bible characters, there is a New Testament verse that summarizes their life. When you come to 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4, that little verse has Joseph 
written all over it. Because it says in that verse that this is the victory that overcometh the world. You finish that verse with me. Even our faith. I believe that verse summarizes the life of Joseph. I believe that tonight for two reasons. Two words in that verse are what I call Joseph words. Number one, the word victory. You have to agree with me tonight that Joseph lived a life of victory. No matter where life led him or what kind of hand life dealt him, Joseph was not defeated by any place he went or any person that he came up against. Joseph was a man that knew what it was to live in victory. So that word victory is a Joseph word. The second word in that verse is, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. That second word, overcometh, that is a Joseph word because Joseph was not overcome. Joseph was an overcomer. Now somebody needs to put that on a plaque and sell it at Cracker Barrel. Joseph was not overcome. Joseph was an overcomer. In a world that tried to overwhelm Joseph, he turned the tide, and instead of being overwhelmed, he was an overcomer. I believe you'll have to read with me tonight that Joseph experienced overcoming victory in his life. Now, Joseph did not experience overcoming victory because of his talent, even though I believe he was talented. I don't believe Joseph experienced overcoming victory because he was good-looking, although I believe he was a good-looking man. I know a lot of people by the name of Joseph that are not bad-looking people. I don't believe Joseph was a, a victorious person because of his intellect. Although he was probably one of the most intellectual men of his day. But the power that produced overcoming victory in Joseph's life was not his looks, was not his talent, was not his ability, but his faith. For it says, and faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Joseph was a man of faith. Now you say, what is faith in the life of a Christian? Now we all know that there is our saving faith. For we're saved by grace through faith. Therefore being justified by faith. And we all know about that saving faith. But what is this operating 
victory, overcoming, producing faith once we are saved. Well, what does the Bible say that a saved person does when he practices faith? It says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Say that with me tonight. We walk by faith and not by sight. So therefore, faith in the life of a believer is not living by what we see with our eye, but by what God has said in his word. You ought to put that on a plaque and sell it at Cracker Barrel. Because if we live by what we see with our eye, I promise you there will be no overcoming victory. You know what got Adam in in trouble? He lived by what he saw instead of what God said. You know what got Elijah under the juniper tree? He lived by what he saw and not by what God said. You know what got David in trouble and Samson in trouble? and all the other people in the Bible that took their eyes off of Jesus in trouble, they got to living by what they saw instead of what God said. I promise you tonight, if you live by what you see, you'll be defeated. You live by what you see tonight, you'll be dismayed. You live by what you see tonight, you'll be discouraged You live by what you see tonight, you will be distracted. But tonight I'm not living in this world by what I see with my eye or hear with my ear. I live tonight by what God has already said in his word. And you see, when you meet Joseph, he has a nickname. He is called Joseph the dreamer. Now, one thing I like about Joseph the dreamer, he had big dreams. These were huge dreams. And I look at it this way. If you go have a dream, have a bigger one. And man, these dreams. Now, it wasn't that he ate too much pizza and drunk too much Coca-Cola and topped it off with some watermelon and went to bed. That's gas. That ain't a dream. (laughs) These dreams that Joseph had were words from God. They were promises from God. They were prophecies of God. Joseph, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to do great things in your life. I know I have found you in the plain But when I'm done with you, I am taking you to the palace. I'm going to bless. I'm going to exalt. I'm going to use you in an awesome way. Now, that's what God said. And if Joseph had lived by what he saw and not what God had said, he would have rotted and died down in Egypt. But you know what Joseph found out? That faith, living by what God said in his word and not what we see with our eye 
It doesn't sometimes win. It doesn't every now and then win. But when you live by what God has said in his word, I'm glad to report to you tonight that faith always wins. For this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Quickly tonight, let me give you three places in the life of Joseph where faith always wins. Number one, in the life of Joseph, when life turns to disappointment, faith always wins. You say, now what do you mean by disappointment? Watch this. Man, Joseph has this dream. Man, God says, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to take you to the palace. Joseph wakes from his dream and he no more than wipes the sleep from his eye. And he is not in an Egyptian palace. He is down in a pit begging for his life. Why he wakes up from his dream and he's not sitting upon the throne. He is a slave in the house of Potiphar. He wakes up from his dream and nobody's bowing down to him. He's bowing down to everybody else. He wakes up from his dream. He is not in the royal palace of Egypt. He is in a nasty, cold, dark, red-infested Egyptian prison. You know what he dreamed about? He dreamed about the palace. He dreamed about being lifted up. He dreamed about being exalted. He dreamed about the good stuff. He dreamed about the great stuff. He didn't dream about a pit. He didn't dream about being a slave. He didn't dream about going to prison because he found out in the real world you deal with disappointment. But I'm glad when life turns to disappointment, faith always wins. You say, well, I've never been disappointed. Have you ever lied? You said, I've never been disappointed. You've never been married. You say, I've never been disappointed. You've never had a mother-in-law. Someone said, oh, Brother Joe, them 900 wives that Solomon had turned him against God. It wasn't the 900 wives that turned him against God. It was them 900 mother-in-laws that come with them 900 wives. No wonder the guy was suicidal. You say, I've never been disappointed. You've never raised teenagers. I'm telling you, a child can go to bed at 12 years old perfectly normal and wake up 13 crazier than a football bat. You know I'm down at right. You say, I've never been disappointed. You've never pastored a Baptist church. You say, I've never been disappointed. You never even attended a Baptist church. You said, I've never been disappointed. You've never then got out of the house. In fact, I feel like sometime that fella, he got stranded on this little island. 
And Maddie stayed there for years and years and years. And finally, about 20 years, a boat come by and picked him up. And as they were leaving the island, he said, Sir, what is those three huts? He said, Well, I live in that hut. And I go to church in that hut. He said, What's that third one? He said, That's where I used to go to church before we had a church split. Oh, let me tell you about disappointment. Somebody said, Brother Joe, have you ever been disappointed in your family? Have you ever been disappointed in your friends? Let me tell you tonight who disappoints Brother Joe the most. Me. I can't live up to my own expectations, much less the expectations of everybody else. Oh, but I've come to tell you, when your dream turns to a nightmare and life turns to disappointment and your health disappoints you and your wealth disappoints you and you're disappointed in your ministry and in your marriage and in your children and in your career and life just seems to be one disappointment after the other, you look away from what you see and you remember what God said and in the face of disappointment, Faith always wins. Boy, there's a little phrase found over and over again in the life of Joseph, and it's this And the Lord was with Joseph. 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 Lord God, you know what Joseph discovered? He discovered you can't go anywhere where God's not already been. You know what he discovered? You can't go anywhere where God is not already at. He was there before you got there, stayed when you were there, left when you left and got there before you got to the next place. You know what Joseph discovered? He is God above us. He is God beneath us. He is God before us. He is God behind us. He is God beside us. He is God around us. He is God with us. He is God through us. He is God for us. For those of us that live on this side of Pentecost, he is God in us, Christ in us, and he will never fail you. He will never forsake you. He will never forget you. You because faith always wins. When life turns to disappointment, number two. Secondly, in the life of Joseph, I love this one. When life tempts to defile, faith will always win. Joseph had an enemy. Let me just say it like this. I believe when Joseph finds himself a slave in Potiphar's house. I believe Potiphar was a good, moral, decent man. Oh, but he had a wife. Whoa! She was off the chain. I believe as John the Baptist was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Potiphar's wife was the forerunner of Jezebel. She was one more wicked gal. And brother, she has set her eyes upon Joseph. And you know what her problem is? Or this what makes her so dangerous? She does not have Joseph's 
best interest in mind. You know what she's got in mind? To fulfill her own unbridled, passionate lust. She doesn't care what it's going to do to Joseph's testimony. She doesn't care what it's going to do to his future. She doesn't care that she's about, if he lets it, snatch the very dream from him. She does not have his best interest in mind. By the way, do you parents, can I preach to these young people just for a little bit in this room tonight? Young people, there will be people that Satan will put in your life. They will not have your best interest in mind. They do not have your best interest in mind and the only interest they got in mind is their own lust, their own excelment, their own lifting up. But I'm telling you when you got an enemy on your trail, if you live by what God said and by what instead of what you see, faith always wins. Because Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, he come in one day and she propositioned him one more time. And she grabbed him by the coat. And one more time that old illicit desire was flung upon Joseph. And finally he looked at Potiphar's wife. Not through his ability, not through his intellect, not through his talents, not through his looks. Only his faith could get him out of that. And said, Miss Potiphar, three things. Number one, you don't belong to me. You belong to my master. Number two, sister, my master has been too good to me. And sister, number three, I don't want to do this and sin against my God. Listen, I'm glad the world's been good to me. I'm glad my family's been good to me. I'm glad I got some friends that's been good to me. But ain't nobody been better to me than my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And he deserves our allegiance. He deserves our love. He deserves our faithfulness. And when we got an enemy, that would shoot us down. Faith always wins. She grabbed him by the coat and he ran out of there. Let me say this, he may have lost his coat, but he kept his character. He may have lost his robe, but he kept his reputation. Hello. He may have lost his dignity with him, but buddy, he kept his dream. And as he walked out of that room, she yelled rape and her husband came and the soldiers came and she told them this lie and the Bible said that her husband believed the words of his wife more than the words of Joseph and they incarcerated Joseph and they arrested Joseph and Joseph had to go to prison for two and a half years for something that he didn't do but I believe when that door clanged shut behind him that was a bell that went off in his soul. He knew he was right. He knew he didn't do it and him and God was still on speaking terms. Let me say this. I preached it all my life. I still mean it 40 years later. 
but I want to clarify it. I've heard preachers say this. I've preached it. I've said it. Johnny Pope's preached it. Lion Brown's preached it. George Myers has preached it. I mean, everybody's preached this. That it pays to serve God. It does. I believed it then. I believe it now. But let me preface it. And you senior adults in this room are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It pays to serve God, yes, especially in the next world. Because sometimes in the present world, listen, it'll cost you to do right. Sometimes in the present world, it'll cost you to do right. I know men that cost them a job because they wouldn't do certain things on that job. I've seen politicians fall out of favor with a political party because they took certain stands. And it may cost you some pride. It may cost you some money. It may cost you a position in society in the short term to do what's right. Oh, but here's another plaque selling it, Cracker Barrel. But whatever little price you may pay in this life to do what's right, it's not worthy to be compared with what Jesus has paid for us when he bought our soul on the old rugged cross. And to borrow your word from Brother Paul, I'm persuaded that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So you know what? It really does pay to do right. So keep on doing right. Because faith always wins. Life turns to disappointment. Life tempts to defile. And I preached all night to get to my favorite one. Number three, listen to this one. When life takes a detour, faith always wins. Can I say that again? When life takes a detour. Now, I don't know about you tonight, but I don't like detours. Number one, I don't like slow drivers. Move out of my way, please. I don't have time to sightsee. What are you looking at? That rock, that tree, that river looks tonight like it did nine million years ago. Move. People like you cause accidents. My philosophy of life is all gas, no brakes. I quit school because it had recess. I'm going to put a sign on my car. If you don't like the way I drive, get off the sidewalk. (laughs) God run over somebody. Just get to church. These people out there just got a little like, move. Makes you want to shoot their tires. I don't like detours. 
I like get it done yesterday. I love the microwave. It's a wonder I don't glow. Some of you older men that married them old-fashioned women, you know, that cooked in old-fashioned ways and they were submitted to you. Ain't none of them left. They all taking their handicap. Can I get an amen right there? I married them new kind. Do what they want to, bless God. And you buy it in a box, put it in a bowl, and you push a button, and you nuke it. And don't you dare say it ain't as good as your mama's because you won't be eating it. You'll be wearing it. And all of God's microwave women said, hallelujah. I don't like detours. Oh, but Joseph had to have a 22 and a half year detour. You say, what do you mean? Well, we meet Joseph. He's on the plane. And God gives him this dream. Son, you're going to the palace. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to lift you up. You're going to be the Savior of many people. You're going to be the Lord of the land. Son, you are going to the palace. Help yourself. Son, I've said it. That settles it. You're going to the palace. And it looks like to me the quickest way to get from the plane to the palace, from your dream to the fulfillment, is just walk on up there and get your blessing. But Joseph makes one step toward the palace and life takes a detour and he finds himself down at the pit. Well, common sense tells me if you survive the pit, just walk out of that pit and walk on up there to the palace and get your blessing because God has said it. He no more makes his way out of the pit and Life takes another detour and he finds himself at, at Potiphar's house. Well, common sense tells me you survive the Potiphar experience, crawl out of Potiphar's house and walk on over there and get your blessing. And he tries to walk out of Potiphar's house and the next thing you know, life has took another detour and now he's way over here in prison. It looks like he's never going to get to the palace. Even though God has said it, it looks like he's not going to get to the palace. You say, Brother Joe, I don't understand how life could take Joseph here, 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 and he ever wind up in the palace. You say, I don't understand how life can take me to this person and to this place and over there to that sorrow and over there to that disappointment and over there to that valley and over there to that sickness and over there to that hurt. I don't understand, Brother Joe, how life can take me here and here and here and here and I wind up where I ought to be. How does that happen? I'm glad you brought that up because standing upon the main road, is an angel of God that's directing traffic who knows the way through the wilderness and faith always wins in spite of the detour. Because sometimes 
life takes a detour. Sometimes it, it takes a detour at, at the divorce court. Sometimes it takes a detour at bankruptcy. Sometimes it takes a detour at the doctor's office. Sometimes it takes a detour by the funeral home and by the graveyard. Sometimes life just takes a bunch of detours. Oh, but as Paul Harvey says, page two, the rest of the story. When life took its final detour and God got him out of that prison, he strolled into that palace just like God said. They put the robe on his shoulders just like God said. They put the ring on his finger just like God said. They put the crown on his head just like God said. They put the scepter in his hand just like God said because no matter how many detours you take, if God has promised you heaven, if God has promised you glory, if God has promised you the palace, nothing can keep you from it because when life takes a detour, Faith always wins. Faith always wins. You two boys right here, I'm sorry, you two young, big, strong, healthy human beings come up right here. That boy's brave wearing an Auburn shirt around here. But when you're his size, you can wear what you want to, Bubba. What team are you for? Georgia. You're handicapped too. God bless you, son. <laughs> Joseph, then in Egypt, I read it in my text, has two boys. Remember? And he looks over that there first boy and says, I'm going to name you, forget it. Did I do good, sister? She said, that's your boy. I'm going to name you. Forget it. Because, son, every time I look at you, you know what? It's like God was so good to put you in my life. Uh, I know it happened, but it's like, so what? Forget. He said, since you come in our house, it's like that pit never happened. Since you've come in our house, it's like there never was a potiphar. Since you've, I felt a shout coming on. Since you've come in our house, it's like I've never been to prison. It's like, uh, I know it's back there somewhere, but it doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't sting anymore. 
that God was so good to put you in my life. It's like, what Potiphar? What pit? What prison? Oh, God has made me forget all the bad and helps me remember the good. I want to thank anybody in this room tonight. God's put so much stuff in your life. It's better than the bad. It's better than the bad. It's better than the bad. God made me forget. Well, glory. Wow. I heard that. But he looked at that other boy and said, I'm going to name him. I ain't never going to forget it. I'm going to name him fruitful, blessed. And not just blessed. You know, hallelujah. Hold on, boys. I got to walk around a minute. I'll be back. You know, I can understand God blessing me sitting in this church tonight with his people. Ain't no problem. I'm having a problem believing in the morning. I'll get up and read my Bible and I'll feel a little blessing from God. And I mean, that's not hard to imagine. Going to church and getting blessed. Reading the Bible, getting blessed. Getting in your prayer closet, calling on God, getting blessed. Man, that ain't hard to understand. But when you're fighting the darkest, ferocious battle of your life, right smack dab in the midst of your worst nightmare and your disappointment and your failure and your fear, God just show up anyhow. Somebody help me right there. God just show up and help you anywhere and fight. Lord have mercy. Do you know where Joseph is when he got blessed? My Lord. You, <laughs> hey boys, y'all want to walk around? We, we may run here in a minute. You know where Joseph was when he got blessed? He wasn't in the land of Canaan. He wasn't living in the tent with Papa Jacob. You know where Joseph was when he got blessed? Come on, boys, we got to do it. You know where Joseph was when he got blessed? He was in hell's backyard. Hell had moved in on his front porch. He's not in Canaan. He's in the land of Egypt. Oh, but he's being blessed. He's being blessed. He's being blessed on the devil's stomping ground. I said he's being blessed on the devil's stomping ground. He's being blessed. I'll be okay, honey. On the devil's stomping ground. I want to tell you, faith always wins. Not in the good time, but bless God, it wins in the bad time. Oh, not just on the mountain high, but in the valley low. He blessed me. (laughs) Woo! Hurry. (laughs) The illustration is over. I'm just wore out. God made me forget it. And God gave me more than I could ever deserve. Hallelujah. I believe he'd say, 
Please repeat after me. Daddy Joseph. Daddy Joseph. God sure has been good to you, ain't he? God sure has been good to you, ain't he? But Daddy Joseph. But Daddy Joseph. What's your special robe say? What's your special robe say? Oh, it says faith Amen. always wins. That's what it says. Amen. It says faith. Well, glory. We're closing now. Remember, he said to them boys before he died, Now, boys, I'm dying. Well, I hope that's an illustration. <laughs> and I'm going to be checking out here in a little bit. But before I die, boys, I got a far away look in my eye. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Yep, I see it, boys. You know what's going to happen? The Lord's going to come down here one day. The Lord is going to pay you a visit. Ain't that what he told him? And said, and when he gets down here, y'all leaving. Egypt hates us. And one day we're going to say, bye, y'all. And when the Lord pays us a visit, y'all going to leave. But I don't want to miss it. So on your way out of LaGrange, boys, stop by that cemetery and dig up my bones and bring me with you. And I want you to sing from the grave to glory. Faith always wins. Because from the plain to the palace, faith always wins. Give my guys a good hand tonight. While we're standing. Tonight, if we could turn our eyes away from what it looks like, what it seems like, just remember what God said. Faith, it always wins. Our heads are bowed tonight. Pastor, I want you to come. Brother, play something. And maybe a lot of us in this room tonight need to do like the disciples. When they came to Jesus, they were honest and said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. And I mean, God's children would just love to meet me down here tonight. And let's bow before the king and say, Lord, help me to live by what you've said in your word. Instead of circumstances I see with my eye. Don't let the devil lie to me and deceive me. But let me walk by faith. And not by sight. Because faith always wins. Faith always wins.